0: Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. You know, we live in a time where there's an awful lot of sinking sand—things that people are trying to stand on. I don't know if you've ever been surfing. I've tried. <laughs> there's one thing I don't like about surfing—is the board just isn't stable, and you've got to. Learn to move with the wave. And to master that, I, I never did. Uh, I did stand up in some really small waves on a really big board once, uh, but I found it very difficult. So then I thought I'll try uh, surf skiing, I think it's called, We or paddle board. We stand up and paddle the thing Gavin has had once. We said, oh, come bring it down and we'll launch out. I got on that thing and middle of winter, the water's cold. And I found myself right in the water because, again, you got to practice stability. I really encourage you, stand on the rock. He doesn't move. He doesn't change. He's everlasting. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love that, don't you? How good is that? Well, on your way down, grab a seat and uh, say hi to somebody. And uh, a big welcome to all of all of you watching online as well as everybody that's here. It sure is good to be in church. Well, I'm really excited about this morning and getting back to our series called Faith Formation. I think this is number five in in the messages that I've given, and I'm really, really excited. We're continuing this series, and I've called this morning's message, I've called it Irresistible. What do you find irresistible? Chocolate? How many people? Yes, a big. My wife was the first one to go. Yes, and amen. Uh, She'll say yes and amen to the second one. babies? Yes, of course, uh, more of a female voice rising up here than male when it comes to babies and chocolate. Uh, Puppies! Don't you like little cuddly puppies? Come on. Irresistible. Have you ever wondered what makes people irresistible anyway? Have you ever seen people that were very attractive on the outside But then you got to know them and the rest is history. (laughs) They weren't so irresistible. Uh, There's something that makes people irresistible. And I think the bigger question that we're going to answer this morning is what makes you irresistible to God? Uh, What is it that God finds so attractive that he can't do without when he sees that in a person? And the kind of person that's attracted to God I wanna be. So I want to help you this morning by just sharing some things. I've got about 10 thoughts anyway, major thoughts on uh, how to be attractive or irresistible to God, what God finds irresistible. Who is he attracted to and, and who does he want to hang out with? I think that's really cool to think, well, I can hang out with God. Uh, of all the people that I'd like to hang out with, and there's a lot of them that I'll probably never get to hang out with, some of them are, you know, musicians and performers and, and, and even some great leaders. But out of all the people that you can hang out with, there's nobody like hanging out with God. And, and who is it that God wants to hang out with? I like in James 2:23 it says this. It says, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham, who was called the father of our faith, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called, I love this bit here, and he was called God's friend. How would you like that in the scriptures? You were called, put your name in there you hung out with God, you were God's friend because you had something called faith. And that's why this is called Irresistible in our series called Faith Formation. I want us to develop a really strong and a really robust faith. I want faith to be so formed in you that that God would say, man, I just can't resist You can put your name in there. I just can't help wanting to hang out with her or him. Pastor Ed, man, he's my best friend. Like, we're besties. We just hang out all day together. And I find him so irresistible because of. And so we're going to share some things this morning that I believe will help you become so irresistible that God can't help hanging out with you and being attracted to you. Now, Jesus is called the incorruptible seed or the word of God, and the word uh, is seed that was sown into the world. God sowed his seed in a flesh and blood body named Jesus Christ, and so he sowed his best into the world. In fact, there's a parable that says that, that, that he loved so much, loved us, that he went and bought the whole field just to get the treasure, which is God inside of us, and he sowed his word, his son, his only son, into the soil of our world. God is always searching for soil. Listen, the seed is always searching for one thing. The seed is always searching for soil, and that soil happens to be your heart. The seed wants to be planted in your heart. Now, in, a, in, in agriculture, and I'm not a farmer. We've got some farmers here, but I, I kind of understand the basics of this. And it's kind of farming 101, agriculture, beginners level agriculture. And it's not too hard to figure this out, but uh, the soil represents your heart. So the seed needs four things. These aren't going to come up. They're pretty simple and you'll, you'll figure it out. But, but, but the seed is looking or searching, if you will, for, for four basic things. It's, number one, it's searching for soil. If it can't find soil, then it has no chance of taking and growing into anything. And there's parables where Jesus uses agriculture to uh, convey this message that uh, some of the seed fell on, on rocky ground. It just bounces off. Some of it, you know, it, the soil wasn't very deep, so it grows up. and the sun comes up, it, it withers it, etc., cetera, et cetera. The soil, soil is what the seed is searching for. Second thing that the seed is looking for is water. It has to find water somewhere. The seed has to find water. Now, I love the fact the soil is your heart and the water is the Holy Spirit. God wants to water his word with his spirit. And then the third thing that 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 seed really does need or it's not really gonna go anywhere, and that's light. And, And the Bible says this, it says, the entrance of God's word brings light. And he is the light of the world. But then there's something else. And this is where we're going to major this morning. There's something else that, although you have water, although you have light, although that seed finds a home in the soil of your heart, so to speak, uh, this one here alone will guarantee a failure or a success. Now, most people go, what is that? What possibly could the seed need more than light and soil and water? Well, let me put it this way that was all that we needed, you could take a, a, a citrus seed from an orange grove or, a, or an orange and, and you could take it and plant it way up north in, in Alaska or way down south in Antarctica and it would grow. Well, we all know that's not going to happen. Well, there could be soil there, there could be water there, there could be light there, but the temperature just isn't right. Now, faith sets the temperature for that seed to begin to germinate or for that seed not to go anywhere. It's, it's a hard heart that'll stop it. It's, it's no water from the, from the Holy Spirit, no light from the entrance of God's word. But if you don't have the temperature of faith, then that's not going to go anywhere. Now, in John chapter 4, we're going to find a woman, a word, and a well. They all begin with W. Isn't that exciting? Now, we... we uh, we camped out on John chapter 4 last time that I spoke, and we'll probably be there next week as well, because I find this absolutely intriguing as I see the seed, Jesus, the, the word of God, as I see him going through this region, he's, he's a seed. I want you to see this from uh, this vantage point, if you will, this morning. I want you to see it as a seed, Jesus, searching for some soil. That's the perspective that I want you to look at that this morning. So in John 4, and we're just going to read 4 to 8 right now. And it says this, now he, Jesus, and I want you to put in there the word or the seed. (laughs) He, the seed, Jesus, the seed had to go through Samaria. He's passing through all that way, still hasn't found the soil of a receptive heart until a woman and a well. And verse 5, so, so he, the word, came to a town in Samaria called Sikkar. What a sick place Sikkar is, hey? What a strange name. I looked it up. It literally means the end. Have you ever come to the end of yourself? You think, man, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm just at the end. I don't think I can go any further with this relationship, this investment, this stepping out taking new ground, whatever it is, he comes to what is the end for this woman. She's living in a town that means the end. She's pretty well come to the end of herself. She's making this journey to this well daily to get water. And later on, we won't touch on that this morning, but she sits there and he says, oh, go call your husband. And she goes, well... Uh, I'm not married. And he goes, rightly you say, you've had five husbands, and the guy you're with right now, you're not married to him. In other words, she's kind of coming to the end of this whole relationship thing. It's not working. Uh, I don't know anybody that's been married that, that many times. If you, if you are, it's not the end. You're here this morning. Glory to God. We're, he doesn't beat her up. She's not beating up, but she's kind of going through the motions in her life. Have you ever done that, gone through the motions in your life? Like oh, another day, like the Beatles uh, woke up fill out a bit run the comb through my head whatever you know it's like this is just another dreary day of the same old thing go to the well get some water get the water take it back to the guy now I'm living with cuz I don't want to get married again I'm uh, you know I don't want to be Henry VIII and have eight and and, and so uh, she's going through this motion and, and, and she gets to this well now listen to this and so in verse 5, he, again, the seed, came to this town called, in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. We won't get into that, but verse 6, Jacob's well was there. This is the only place where it's referred to as that. And Jesus, again, seed, tired as he was from the journey, he's tired. The seed gets tired. The seed searching for soil. What a job. And it's about noon, so the sun's up, it's bright, it's hot. I've been to the Middle East. I don't know if you ever have or not, but in the middle of summer, well, it's brutal. And so he gets there, and there's a well there, and he knows that there's water there, and he's tired there, but he intersects with this woman. He intersects, if you will, with this soil that he finds so irresistible that in the end, he doesn't even drink from the well. He says, oh, give me a drink. She gets him uh, the, the drink, but he never drinks it. The disciples go off to get food, but he never eats it. He finds this conversation with this woman is so irresistible. She is so attractive, not by her physical appearance, but, but the soil is so rich, and she's bringing the word of God in. And it's, stu- it's so intriguing that God finds her irresistible. So he's tired in verse 7. And when a Samaritan woman, you can just put in there soil. Soil comes (laughs) to draw water. And Jesus says to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples have gone to town to buy food. So, how does faith make you irresistible? Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, faith opens a conversation with God. Isn't it something when you can have a conversation with somebody? I mean, a really good conversation. Not a yes or no interview kind of a deal. Some people, you talk to them and it's like, this is hard going. I I ask, how's your day? Good? (laughs) Oh, that's nice. So uh, what'd you get up to today? Nothing. (laughs) Where are we going to go? Where can you go with that? They say with discussion, don't. Frame up your questions as yes or no discussions, uh, questions that can't be yes or no. Try to find something that opens up a dialogue here. And so he's opening up a dialogue with this woman, and she begins to bite. She begins to, to share something of, of her journey, but of course, he knows all about it anyway. But he finds the seed, so, the soil, so attractive to, uh, to what he is trying to, to produce, which is faith in her. So faith is spelled, if I was going to spell faith out in another word, I'd spell it T R U S T, trust. Trust. There's this trust relationship that starts to the build there. It's the action of a heart that receives the word of God. God's, God's never attracted, nor are we, to a hard heart. A hard heart that says, oh, I don't believe any of it. Ah, it's, it's just going to be the way it's always been. Que sera, sera. That is so unattractive to God. God wants to have conversation with you. The seed wants to find soil of conversation. The word wants to find some conversation, some room where the word can explore and get buried deep into your, into your soil of your heart. God wants to, to get into your heart in an open heart. God is so, he finds that so irresistible when you would take time out of your day. And just have a chat. Just say, hey. I, I, I don't know, I'm not doing too good today. Or, hey, I'm having a great day, but I still invite you into my life. I still want to have conversation with you. In a marriage relationship, it's not just having a chat with your partner when things are bad, or when things are really good, It's like through the mundane, through the everyday, you want to have a chat. You want to have conversation with people that you love. And you can't have that conversation if they don't trust you. If your partner doesn't trust you, then you're probably not going to have a dialogue. And faith is spelled trust. God God wants you to trust him in whatever situation, even if you're at sick car, even if you're at the end of the whole thing. God wants to sit down on a well and have a conversation with a friend. Would you be that person? Is the question. God wants you to trust Him. Number two, faith positions you in the presence of God. Little play on words here, but uh, faith isn't present where faith isn't present. Faith isn't present where faith isn't present. Let me rerun this a little bit so you get it. You aren't present unless you're present. Have you ever talked to somebody, but they're not really there? Oh, I mean, they're physically there. They're looking at you, and they got it on autopilot. You're talking, they're not listening. I do something when I'm, I'm engaged in something like that is I'll ask a question that they have to think, and, and it brings that person back into the present just to see if they're listening or not. Ask them a question. But faith is not present unless faith is present. Faith is always present tense. I know I've gone over this, and I'm going to go over it again and again. You live present tense. You don't live in the future. You're not there yet. If you live in the past, you drag all your mistakes, you carry those all forward into your present-day situation, then that's what's defining you. And I encourage you, step out of the past, get into the present, be present in the conversation with God, let God share his word, let God share his heart, open the soil of your heart because the the seed is looking for some soil. Would your heart be open to that conversation present tense? You are only alive in the the present. Faith only lives in the present. It doesn't live in the future and it's not living in the past. So when you let the past define who you are, you drag that past into present tense, then it's very hard for faith to have any room. This woman had a bad track record again, married five times, broken relationships, obviously a lot of heartbreak. I don't know if you've ever broken up before with somebody. I've never been divorced, but I've, I've had relationships where I've uh, you know been down the journey longer than a couple of weeks with somebody and broken it off. And I want to tell you, every sad song comes on the radio. It's amazing. One of the worst enemies was the radio. And for me, back in the day, it was Phil Collins. Man, I just could not listen to him. It's just terrible. He even sings, sings a song about a, about a man from South Detroit. I'm from South Detroit. This is terrible. And it would come on the radio, and my heart's already broken. It's just awful. And I, and I would then, after a while, I think I had three very long ones, until I got smart. And I said, okay, that's it. Uh, dating's not a game. I do a whole series on that. You play dating like a game, you're going to get played. I'm throwing that one in for, for nothing for somebody here. You know, I was talking to some guys this week, and it's like there's some book or something that tells kind of all the little games to play, you know, and picking up girls, that kind of a deal. And, and I said, man, you play that. You learn those. You play it. You're going to get played, man. And you don't want to be doing that, believe me. <laughs> you know, hard to get. Got to play hard to get. Don't play hard to get. Just be real. Know what you're looking for. Don't play somebody, because that woman, if, it's, if you're a man, and men are probably... Well, now I think girls are just as guilty of doing all the stupid stuff, too. But, you know, that's somebody's mother probably someday. You know, all the the girls that broke my heart, they got married. They're probably grandparents now or great-grandparents. Hello. Time marches on. Uh, Quit playing games with this thing. But but be positioned in the presence of God. When faith is present, faith is present. If it's not present tense or present, it's not. You are only in the present. Faith is only alive in the present. You are only alive right now. So in other words, in any given moment in time, you either have faith or you don't. Or your faith is strong or weak or non-existent. This morning, (laughs) gotcha, the word (laughs) is being preached. The seed wants to get into your soil. So you are either in a posture like this, I'm not buying any of it. They're not going to get to me. (laughs) Well, you're right. The seat will just bounce right off. And you'll never discover what we're all excited, singing and shouting about. You'll never get to that level if you don't open your heart up in the present tense. Number three, faith leads you to people who need faith. See, there's an idea that faith is just about me. Well, you know, look what I got with my faith. Look where my faith got me in the cars out in the, out in the driveway or the house or whatever. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Exercise faith in those areas, but realize that faith wants to take you to sow seed that's searching for soil, somebody's soil, somebody that doesn't have any faith, soil searching for a seed and a seed searching for soil when they meet because you've brought the word of God into the situation, something amazing happens. Yeah. When I was single, and no, I'm not gonna talk romantically right now, about any of it. I've shared my romance story, which was heartbreak, before I met my beautiful wife, of course. yeah. But I was on a trip, a bus trip in New Zealand. I preached all over New Zealand. This is the 80s, 86, I think it was. And and I thought I'm going to do a tour. I'm just going to, because I'm not I got some space between uh, one preach and the next preach. So I'm just going to do a day tour. So I I went to, I think it was Queenstown on this bus, a tour bus. All these people get on the bus. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, and and I felt God just say, hey, there's some soil searching for some seed on this bus. And I'm like, okay, God. Uh, uh, I don't know who it is. I'm kind of looking, you know kind of like uh, Leon Neeson who, who on this plane has a bomb. Like uh, our bus or trains on, he does the same routine on trains, buses, and planes. And I'm looking around thinking, who is it? And uh, and this girl, she keeps looking at me. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, you know, I'm not going to be falling for no relationship. I'm just here to preach the word here in New Zealand. Like, this is crazy. Like, and She's single, it's pretty obvious. She's sitting by herself and and then every time the bus would stop, we got off. There's this beautiful little uh, stone brick church on a lake. They, you guys from New Zealand would know where that's at. And it's a, like a picture taking opportunity and everything. And I get off the bus, and, and I'm thinking, oh, this is good. And so she looks at me, and she goes, uh, comes up, and she's got her camera. and she's, oh, And she's got this sweet little French accent, which I find French the most sexy language ever anyway. <laughs> But I'm not, not falling for it. Not at all. Uh, and, uh, Mr. <laughs> would you mind taking a picture of Moa? <laughs> yes, of course. Click, you know. Anyway, get back on the bus. She sits back there. I'm sitting by myself. And the bus goes down on the way to uh, towards Christchurch. St- stops again. And, uh, Anyway, we get off, and she comes up to me, and I'm thinking, I know I know there's some soil searching for a seed. I know that the seed wants the soil, but is this it, really? Like, this is confusing signals here, God. Like, you better clarify this one big time and very, very fast, because I'm, I'm about to be just really rude. I was kind of playing it. Uh, you know, cold anyway. I'm not interested at all. I'll take a photo, but that's as far as it's going to go. Anyway, she says, can I sit with you? And now I'm going, ah, ah, ah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because I just, God says, that's the soil. She wants the seed. She's not interested in you. She just wants the seed, okay? (laughs) Okay, sit with me. We get on the buses, motoring down from wherever. And, 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 then, uh, and then she tells me this story. She says, before I left France, Paris, she says, uh, I had a vision. I was in the Catholic Church, wherever she was, or a cathedral over there in, in Paris. And, and she had a vision. And she saw this bright light. And it told her that there would be somebody that would share truth with her. She was not a Christian at all. She just attended whatever it was, a Catholic Mass, I think it was. And, and so, so she says, and then when I saw you, I knew. She says, I knew that you have something to tell me. And this is like never happened to me quite like this before, seriously. She goes, what is it that you have to tell me? And I'm like, OK. Okay. And I'm like, God, this is <laughs> like, wow. Like I, I knew that I had a divine appointment going on here, but, but this soil is so open. And so I shared the gospel with her. Long story short, she got saved. Uh, we, we parted ways in Christchurch. church. She did give me her name and details and everything's Lori and I uh, wrote it in my Bible actually. And, uh, and the last I heard from her, she was serving God. She got into YWAM. I introduced her to one of the YWAM bases in New Zealand there, and that girl got gloriously saved. I don't know where she is on the planet today, but, you know, that soil was so attractive to that seed that was in me that I was bursting. It was like, I've got to get this. I've got to deliver this. I don't know who it is on this bus, God, but somebody's somebody, some soil is letting the seeds, looking for the soil, and man, like, I can I can understand how Jesus felt encountering this woman at at the well. Number four, faith makes you stronger even when you're strong. You know, a lot of us have this idea that faith is something that we go to when we're weak. And and again, when we're at sick, we're at the end of everything. Oh, well, I better get some faith. So I'll trot on down to city church or I'll I'll listen to a podcast or a a message or, or, or whatever. What about when you're strong? You know, not all of my days are Oh, I'm just so weak today. I don't want to get out of bed and life is just going so miserable and everything else. Some of my days, like your days, are hot. Some of my days, I'm running strong. Some of my days, man, I can conquer anything. I can leap over a mountain. Some of my days, I just feel like Superman. It's on those days that God still wants to have a conversation with you. That God still wants your trust and your your your, your the soil of your heart to be open. It's on those days that God is saying, okay, you are self-sufficient right now you don't need me are we going to talk are you going to close off and only when you need me then you're going to open up a dialogue with me God wants a friend to hang out with that is that when they're strong they still want to talk to him I, I I see people all the time, and uh, you know they, they they have this thought about faith. It's only for what's well, for you, because you know it's only for weak people. It's only for people with deficiencies. It's it's only for you know. Of course, you know it's a crutch. You just you just need God, you know. Well, some days I don't feel like I necessarily need an answer from heaven, but I'm and I'm strong. But God wants to have that fellowship. I need to talk to my friend, even when things are going well the the next thing is faith positions you in God's presence faith positions you in God's presence I think I already gave you that this whole thing is gone haywire here all my notes Uh, never mind it's five Okay. faith guides you in the growth that's the next one really hard because Siri pops up and then the whole thing. (laughs) I say, seriously? No, don't. Okay. (laughs) Where God wants to take you is into growth. But if you don't go, you don't grow. You have to go. He had to go to Samaria. He had to travel through there. He was compelled to go there. And When you don't go, you don't grow. And so it takes you down to uh, the next one, number six. I'm just going to go through quickly with these. But uh, number six is that faith takes you to your testimony. So many people don't have a testimony because they're not willing to go where God says to go. In fact, they don't go because it's not convenient, which is another one of my points, that faith causes you to see opportunities in, in inconvenient situations. It, they don't go because it's not convenient. It probably wasn't that convenient for Jesus to start talking to that woman. He could have found another way. He could have gone with the disciples to go, go get food, go into the village, go get a drink of water there. I don't know. But, you know, faith wants to take you to places where it's just not convenient so that, why? So that you can grow. You're not growing. If everything's convenient in every situation, you're not being tested in anything, you're not listening to God, you're not stepping out, that convenience will kill your growth. You won't grow strong, and you won't have a testimony. He had to go, so she came. You have to go so he can come. If you don't go, he doesn't come, and, and, and you won't have a testimony out of it. I think about Moses. He comes to the end at the Red Sea and there's nowhere else to go. Pharaoh's troops are coming from up from behind. Uh, he's got all the uh, uh, people of Israel. It's a mess of humanity, and they're all up against it. He comes to the end of himself, so what does he do? He exercises his faith. He hears from God. He stretches out his hand, and the seas part, and they go through on that. Where are you right now where you need to get a testimony of God saying, I can give you the most amazing testimony, but you've got to have a test. I could take you someplace that is absolutely amazing, but you've got to follow me into the inconvenient, the uncertain, the scary part of life. If you're listening to God, he'll take you even to the end. I think about Joshua and Joshua is right up against it. He was there. He saw what Moses did. He was on that journey that the testimony of Moses and Israel was part of Joshua's testimony as well. And he gets to that river Jordan. God says, now, there's promises on the other side, but you're over here. You guys have been wandering 40 stinking years. You went in, you said, you were, Joshua is one of the spies that says we can do it, him and Caleb. But the other ones, naysayers, negativity, no faith at all. We're just grasshoppers in their sight. We can't do it. Woe is us. We're going to play it safe. We're just going to circle the, the airport again. We're never going to land the plane. That's no fun. We're just gonna do Groundhog Day for 40 years, every day, just like the last day. That's not living, that's not life. Why do you exist? If you're not growing, you're not going to get a testimony until you face that challenge. And Joshua does, hears from God, and he gets up, and he goes out when God says to. And the the Jordan parts, and they walk over just like he and Moses and all the rest did. They walk over on, on dry land, and then they build an altar there. They pile up these stones as a testimony for future generations where they can go and look at that. And so that's what they did. That's what God did for my ancestors and God is going to do it for me. You've got a Bible and it's full of testimonies because people exercise faith in inconvenience and trials and when everything wasn't going good. Have faith in God. Faith goes wherever you go. And it's the evidence of what you can't see, but nobody else is going to see it either if you don't go. So I I really encourage you. And then finally, uh, I've got a couple more we're going to fly through. Number seven, faith turns inconvenience into opportunities. Already hit that one. Number eight, this is a big one. Number eight, faith believes for your enemies to become your friends. There was a woman, and she was uh, from Samaria. They don't like the Jews. Jews don't like them. She says, what are you doing? You're talking to a woman, and I'm a Sumerian. What are you doing, Mr. Jew? Why are you sitting here talking to me? Because faith sees beyond that. When, when somebody is a child of God, and you see them acting untoward, and that could be in many different areas. I mean, goodness knows, don't we know? You see them playing the hypocrite in church, for instance. How do you handle that? Do you just cast them off? Do you ostracize them? Or do you maybe go, I'm going to hit my knees in prayer, and I'm going to exercise faith. Because I believe that God is working on the inside of that person. Who are you to say anything bad about somebody if God's working in their heart? You have to have faith that God is bigger than that. And if God's working in their heart, who am I to stand against that and to speak anything out against that? You've got to align your vocabulary and your thinking and especially your prayer life with what God wants to do inside that person, even if they're your enemy. There's something in the Bible about loving God your enemy. How do you do that? Well, faith works by love. There's a whole lot in that. And then verse, uh, so that's verse nine. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with Samaritans. In other words, you know, go and hang out with your own kind. Go hang out with people that love you. Go hang out with people that talk the same language, look the same way, dress the same way, Same age, same everything, just go hang with them because it's way more comfortable and way more convenient. But don't you dare cross the line into the enemy's camp and share your faith and believe for your enemy to become your friend and a friend of God. Don't you dare. You pull back. Don't ever, ever underestimate the power of God. Seed wants to fall on enemy's soil. You know... I'm gonna close with this, and I'm not gonna get through this message. That's okay because next week we're gonna be talking about this woman again next week. There's there's so much gold in here that for faith formation we're gonna extract all of it. But I think about the friends that you have in life. And I've heard this said many times, and perhaps you have too, that you can count your true true friends on on, on one hand. And maybe two, I guess, but usually it's like. One hand, five. You know, true friends. You can count them on one hand. And if I would say that the definition of friendship was people that love me, people that do things for me, people that serve me, people that get along with me, and you get this me, 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 me. But what about people in your life that don't like you necessarily and they don't uh, serve your purposes and, and, and they're not always nice to you. What about those people? See, if we redefine friendship, that it's not about me. It's about who God wants to be a friend with. It's about Samaritan and women. It's about somebody that I'm not supposed to be friends with and talk with. What if you redefine that friendship? Because Jesus did. How many people on planet Earth Really, when Jesus went to the cross, we're so focused on serving him and his purposes and his needs, not very many. And yet he searches right now for people that he can plant into the soil of their heart and have conversation and open up because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. People that would trust him with their salvation and trust them with their life and lay down their agenda. God is looking for friends and friends aren't just people. It's not a one way thing. You would have friendships. You would have more friendships if you would just let faith redefine your friendship. God loves people unconditionally. And the way to uh, be a friend to people who give nothing back is found in one word, faith, which works by love. My wife loves these renovation shows. God bless her you know, I don't even know the flip-flop and flipping this property. And there's one in Texas, another one, you know, up in uh, Minnesota, I think it is. And I, I'll, I'll watch, I go, where's that at? And, you know, it's, it's somewhere, Waco, Texas, and up in Minnesota. And there's another one in California. I don't know how many of these things There's It's just one after another. And, and she just loves watching the before and after thing. And, and I, think, I think, what about people? What if everybody was God's renovation project that God put in your life? Wouldn't it be amazing if we saw people like that show's property? They walk in, it's like squatters have been in there. They can't, they got to like hold their breath. It's like, oh man, look at this. They pull something back, cockroaches everywhere, rats, you know, everything's dry rot, rotten, rotten, I think rip the whole stinking thing down. Just blow it up and start again. Why would you even bother? Oh, no, I can see over there. We're going to take that wall down, and, and uh, you know, the kitchen's going to extend, and we can see the living room, and all the, oh, the bedrooms going to, it's amazing. We're going to put a wardrobe in here, get an ensuite over here, everything. You know, going to have a real bathroom. We're going to have a lot of room in this thing. We're going to extend the, uh, raise the roof. We're going to do this and that and the other thing. And God wants to do that with people that God loves, and he wants to do it through you. That's why God wants to be your friend, and that's how to be attractive to God, to be irresistible, is to see what God sees, mainly in people, hard to get along, disruptive, unruly, dysfunctional people. If you keep running from offenses and running from that, you'll never have a testimony, and I'll put it very, very bluntly, you're not gonna get very close to God. You'll get close to probably five people in your whole life. That'll be a sad day when you could have been close to him and been part of his amazing renovation, actually being born again in the earth, fixing him from the inside out. Amen. We're going to pray right now. And I uh, didn't get, I got up to, we're not going to go to 9 and 10. It's good stuff. Yeah. Next, next week. <laughs> I can't wait. Going to be good. Yeah. Now I want you to, uh, wherever you're at right now, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of Lord, of the respect of God, to open up your heart right now. And I believe that hearts are open right now, whether you're here or online, to receive the seed, the incorruptible, it says, word of God. It cannot be destroyed, the seed. To receive that seed right now, it'd be my privilege to lead you in a prayer. This is in anything you can work up, God will... Buy the house first and then renovate it. God wants you to be his, and then he's going to do a fixer-up job on you from the inside out. But it all starts with faith. He says you must be born again by the Spirit. So you're here right now and you don't know Jesus Christ. You're watching online. Right now, I want to pray with you. Not a formula, but just a prayer, a simple prayer. And if you want to pray this after me right now, open your heart up and just repeat this after me, and God will take you on the most amazing journey, but this is where it starts. It starts with the seed. So say this after me. Let's all pray this together. Say, Dear God, Dear God I, thank you I thank you for sending your son, for sending your, son your, seed, for your seed into my soil, into my, soil my heart. My heart. Jesus, Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. Amen. Now, if you did that, we would love, yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. Uh, I would love to know. So please visit our website. It's city-church.net, and uh, you can go and visit that, and, and we will uh, know that you gave your heart to the Lord and get you steered in the right direction. If you're here, uh, we would love to disciple you. Love to see you water baptized if you're on the other end of um, of, of the internet, then uh, well, I'd, lo- I'd love to know and help you get uh, a church in your area to become part of. But we thank you so much for joining us today. And God bless you. And see you next week. And we're going to continue with the great series, Faith Formation. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net